at the podcast where we review books. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult. I'm Aoife and this week I'll be discussing Maggie Steve Otter's 2009 book, Shiver. This is a book which I chose for much less significant reasons than Kira chose the last book. <laughs> Primarily, it is a book that I read when I was a teenager and enjoyed, and also a book I have a physical copy of in my home. So, <laughs> Having access to the material is of prime importance. It is very significant and professionalism, yeah. Um, so yeah, this isn't a particularly seminal young adult work. It is, however, one I'm going to discuss in terms of genre, because it is a book which fits quite well into the paranormal romance genre, but in an interesting way, it actually veers away from a lot of the tropes of that genre. It doesn't act quite the way you'd expect it to. So yes, I shall begin. Maggie Steve Otter is quite a big name in current YA. Uh, she has a few different series. A lot of her books are like New York Times bestsellers. She is a white woman from America, like most YA authors are. And this is one of her earlier books. Um, it looks like it was her second book to be published. And it is in the Wolves of Mercy Falls trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mercy Falls is a fictional town created by Steve Otter, which is in Minnesota, the state of Minnesota in the USA. Uh, Minnesota, I did a little bit of research on it. Their state beverage is milk. <laughs> it's a farming state, isn't it? It's a farming it? state. It's where Fargo was yeah. filmed and is set. So if you've ever seen Fargo, they've got these fun accents. So you can imagine everyone in this book having a nice fun accent. Cool. We'll bear that in mind as you tell me about it. Beverage is milk. The state muffin is blueberry. And the state photograph is called Grace, which is also the name of the protagonist of our novel. Sweet segue. The state photograph is a black and white capture of a man saying grace before his meal, which isn't the protagonist of our novel. Um, (laughs) But there's other similarities. So Grace is a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. The plot structure of this book is very interesting. I'm not really going to go deep into spoilers right at the beginning. It is a book that is kind of slow and it's getting very mixed reviews. After I finished it, I kind of looked and saw what other people were saying about it. Some people are saying it's beautiful, it's immersive, it's slow and realistic. Isn't that wonderful? And other people are saying it's so boring. It doesn't hold my attention. It's so wordy. There is no very well-defined plot structure to this book. Okay. There is no standard romance plot structure for one thing. Um, there's conflict and characters have to deal with the conflict to get what they want but it is not in the way of a normal romance plot where you know two characters meet they have conflict between them they realize they like each other then there's a conflict outside of them which means that they might be together and then they overcome that conflict and then they're together that's kind of a standard romance plot that's not what happens here so If that's not what happens, how do they, like, do they know each other forever and then are like, oh my god, we want to do the kissing? Or how do they do do the romance if they don't do the traditional, the traditional dance? When Grace is nine years old, she is attacked by a pack of wolves. These are the wolves that live in Boundary Wood, which is right next to Mercy Falls. And everyone kind of knows about the wolves and no one particularly 
cares about them. They're not too dangerous. Her being attacked doesn't cause like an uproar in the community or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. she gets attacked. She survives it. Uh, she's fine. And then that's just kind of the very beginning of the book. We see it from her point of view. We also see it from Sam's point of view. Sam is in this situation a wolf. Okay, so wait. Wait. So she falls in love with a a wolf or with like a werewolf human person? They are entirely physiologically wolves. The only similarities between the wolves as humans and the wolves as wolves is that they get to keep their eyes. Um, As we learn more about the werewolves, we learn that their eye color doesn't change. Like if you have blue eyes as a person, the wolf you turn into will have blue eyes. Okay. What color are Sam's eyes? They're yellow, like a wolf's are. Oh, that is not usual for a person. Okay. That, that is not usual for a person. Um, And that does actually become a big plot point later on. They're just normal wolves, basically. We find out later on that they have, like, kind of psychic powers, where they're able to communicate with each other through images, like sending impressions and images, wordless communication when they're in wolf form. And some of the wolves think this is super cool. And some of them think it is a shitty second to being a human being who can talk. Are they, I have, I'm sorry, I have so many, are they born wolves? They get bitten and they turn into wolves. Are they born wolves or are they born people? They bitten and then they turn into wolves. He was born a human person. Sam was definitely born a human person. Sam's parents are not wolves. Sam's parents are in prison for trying to kill him. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to explain the timeline weirdness. I took notes when I was reading this book. I took lots of notes. So... There's a bit where they talk about Grace being attacked in the woods by the wolf. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit where they talk about that was six years ago. And then they talk about her being a junior in high school. So I do these mathematics of her being nine plus six equals 15. And then junior in high school, that's kind of young for a junior. And then later in the book, it just says that she's 17. But this book takes place between September and Christmas of the same year. So I don't know if I fucked up or if the timeline fucked up because I I can't find the bit in the original text where it says she was nine for the original attack. But there's weirdness there. So Grace was attacked by wolves when she was nine or 11, which was definitely six years ago by the time our real narrative starts. I'm going to talk a bit more about the wolves later. Um, First of all, I'm just going to talk about the very beginning in terms of plot. So... A boy called Jack gets killed by the wolves. He's two years older than Grace. Um, He just finished in her high school. So Grace is going into her second last year. And the town is in uproar. The town is furious. And Grace is furious with the town. She really, really loves the wolves. She feels the sense of kinship and ownership of the wolves. She, like, watches them. She's really interested in them. She knows all of them as individuals. She like, she's like, oh yeah, that's the dark wolf who's bigger and seems to be in charge. That's the wolf with the yellow eyes. That's the white wolf with the blue eyes. You know, there's she knows all of their personalities and like she she watches them. Does she have names for them other than just like descriptions of how they look? No. She describes one of them as my wolf. Oh. And that is the wolf with the yellow eyes. She she 
she feels a particular connection with him, although she doesn't really know why. She thinks he's always calmest around her and he's most likely to come closest to her. Mm-hmm. He's her wolf. But this town goes in absolute uproar when this kid gets attacked. He's like 18. Um, his dad's like a big shot local lawyer. And everyone's suddenly having this debate about are the wolves dangerous? Should we be getting rid of them from our woods? And Grace is like, am I the only person who remembers that Jack was a shithead? Am I the only one who remembers that Jack literally shot wolves with his BB gun for entertainment? His dad's a hunter. He has no empathy. Um, Also, I just hated that dude. He was so annoying. So basically, she kind of feels like this human person deserved to die because he was bad to the wolves. So the wolves are getting their own revenge back. Well, sort of more like these wolves are wild animals and they shouldn't be held accountable for their behavior. But Jack was a human being who chose to be a shithead. And I don't think it's very likely that he was attacked out of nowhere because wolves don't attack people out of nowhere. Wolves avoid people. He's very realistic about like the scientific. This is how wolves behave. And these wolves do behave just like normal wolves. Very good. Okay. And so she's just being, he wants to conserve them. But yeah, like a police officer comes into their school and like tries to tell them about how to be safe in the woods. And people are just like, did you hear the rumor that Jack's body got stolen from the morgue? And this poor like 20 year old police officer is like, there's no comment this time. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, a a police officer came into our school once. Um, to teach us about safe driving mm-hmm. and we just completely derailed it with loads of conversations about like different things and they also got equally flustered then I'm just imagining that the scene's actually really funny you get this image of like the teachers just kind of standing against the wall with her arms folded and at one point the police officer turns to her for help and is like these children are attacking me and she's like yeah so do you think wolves are gonna kill again teenagers are the hardest And then, you know, this police officer comes in, he tells them about gun safety and stuff. And then there's a rumor that some people, that Tom Culpepper, Jack's father, is leading some local men into the woods to shoot the wolves. Just is kind of a revenge culling, which is always a great thing to do for wildlife. Oh no. Yeah, like they do for sharks. It's really bad. And it's not sensible. And it is dumb and bad and you should not yeah you should teach people not to hang out where the animals are is what you should do so grace is grace is a very sensible person grace is not your usual ya romance protagonist she doesn't hate her hometown she likes it there she likes doing her homework she's not really shy and tortured she's just not super interested in people she has two good friends and she loves her good friends and she's just sensible but her big thing is that she's obsessed with these wolves and her friend olivia has an obsession with photography so they kind of bond over that being people with weird little hobbies but when grace when grace is driving home from school and she sees that there are a bunch of cars parked at the edge of the woods and that police officer from earlier is standing on the edge of the forest She's like, what's happening? And he said, you know, there's people in there hunting. And Grace just straight up lies to an authority figure for the first time in her life. And she says, oh my God, no, you can't go in there. You can't shoot the wolves in there. 
my friend Olivia, she's obsessed with photography. She was in there taking pictures of the wildlife and the forest. She was in there today. She's taking pictures. You can't go in there. And of course, this 20-year-old police officer freaks out. And Grace is like, you're not reacting fast enough. And she runs into the forest. So she runs through the woods trying to find a member of the hunting party who has like a a working walkie-talkie to get him to contact the rest of the party and turn off, call off the hunting party. She hears gunshots. She is like just Mm -hmm. running through the three through the trees until she finds a dude and it's not like anyone she knows particularly well although it's a small town and she kind of knows everyone but she's just like you have to call it off Uh, my friends in here there's a teenage girl running through the woods and he's like your teenage girls running through the woods they call off a hunting party and at this point grace knows the woods really well it seems is like yeah okay i'm just closer to my house now than i am to where I parked my car and I don't want to talk to that police officer again. So she walks home through the woods and arrives in her back garden, which backs against the woods. And there's a bleeding naked man on her back doorstep. Oh, damn. And she's like, oh, my God. And she goes up to him and she immediately is like, he smells just like my wolf. Whoa, 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 whoa. We need to we need to hold back for a second. I do want to get to the naked bleeding man, but. Okay, so earlier you said that she does get close to the wolves, like, physically, but I kind of assumed that, like, what that meant was, like, they come within 10 meters of her, but she knows what the wolf smells like, so has she been, like, She's never touched the wolves before, and this is something which is also slowly revealed over the course of the novel in a slow burner, but Grace, she's got a very good sense of smell, she's got a very good sense of hearing. Like, abnormally so? abnormally so okay grace was attacked by wolves when she was a child but grace has never turned into a werewolf so we've just met sam okay sam is our love interest um the entire narrative switches between sam and grace's points of view but i'd say grace is grace is the protagonist she gets slightly more screen time and sam is also a point of view character but he's more of a love interest so, because we have this bleeding naked van, we're going to talk about how the werewolves work. Oh, yay! Book. I was excited about those. This book is called Shiver, which is a very nice, clever name, because the werewolves in this book turn based on the temperature. The colder it is, the harder it is to remain human. They live in a place where it gets very, very cold in winter time. If you remain in a place where it's very warm all year round... Like smaller variations in temperature will call you cause you to go turn into a wolf. Like Sam tells an anecdote of someone he knew who was a werewolf who like a group of them went to Texas one year um to see if they could stay human all winter and like one of them walked past the open door to an air conditioning shop and he died. Um because he got turned into a wolf and Texan animal control don't believe in like not shooting things on site. Also, I will note that he was in a city. There is a difference between like not shooting wild animals in a forest and not shooting a wild animal that is standing in front of a shop with air conditioning. Yeah. You know, that's how they address the plot hole of why are these these temperature sensitive werewolves living in a place where it gets so cold so consistently once a year. 
Um, the isolation of the town is really good for them. Um, although it's a fictional town, it's described as one hour from Duluth, which is, I believe, a actual town. Okay. So we know roughly where it is. And it is in it's beside these fictional woods, which is very good for them. It's many, many acres for them to live in. And yeah, the colder it is, the more likely they are to turn into wolves. Um, the start of every chapter, we get like every chapter has a number. It has the name of the person who is narrating and it tells you what temperature it is. Okay. So it's like 13, Sam, 7 degrees centigrade. This is the British edition, so it does have the temperatures in centigrade. Apologies to American listeners, but it makes more sense <laughs> for me. Um, at one point, the weather is 5 degrees and Sam is described, Sam's like, I hate this kind of weather. It's in between weather. I can feel like part of my body's like, let's turn into a wolf, but like, I want to be human. And like, it's not quite cold enough to force me to change, but I can feel it under my skin all the time. Yeah. At the very beginning of the book where Grace is attacked in kind of a flashback, it's minus nine. It's when it's autumn. So the temperature is slowly going down all, all the time. And that's kind of ramping up the tension the whole time. In this very subtle way, that's why people call this book slow and wordy. Here, like being a werewolf is used as a metaphor in fiction a lot. I would say here it's closer, It's it could be compared closer to like, a chronic illness than anything else. Sam kind of treats it as this like terminal illness he has because wolves only change for a certain amount of time. They start off as human. They get bitten by a werewolf. At the start, they're a bit unstable and they might turn at any time while it like in the effect and settles or whatever. And after that, it's whenever it's cold, you turn into a wolf. Whenever it's warm, you're a human. You get summers as a human and winters as a wolf. You might get eight years like that. You might get 20 years like that. But eventually you're going to turn into a wolf and you're not going to turn back. Okay. Okay. And wolves don't live as long as humans. So. Yeah. This is like. The wolves who were werewolves might live a little bit longer than others. Mm -hmm. Other normal wolves. But yeah, after like 10 years of being just a wolf, you just die as a wolf. Okay. And yeah, there's some really ominous bits where like when Grace realizes that these are werewolves and she's like looking out into the woods and she catches a glimpse of a wolf and she's like, I couldn't see their eyes. So I'd never know who that person was. Like all of the were all of the wolves in Boundary, Boundary Woods are werewolves, but some of them have been werewolves for so long that like Sam doesn't remember who they were when they were people. And like, that's really sad <laughs> for them. And Sam's really sad about it. And Sam hates, 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 hates being a werewolf because Sam's a very wordy, artsy boy. Okay. He's an indie boy. Like, Grace describes him as, like, if I met him in school, I would have dismissed him as one of those emo kids. But, like, he smells like forest and he looks like my wolf. So she thinks he's cute. Because um, <laughs> Grace, Grace's attraction for Sam is really weird, actually. It seems to be very much tied to the fact that he is a wolf. Yeah, this is a bit of a sidebar. So for a lot of the book, I was just very disturbed by um, this implication that Grace is into animals. <laughs> um, because she is uninterested in boys to the degree that like I would do a, you'd You'd read it as queer in real life, where you'd be like, oh yeah, Grace is just so bookish. She just 
doesn't care about boys the way her friends do. She doesn't understand why people are interested in them. She's just so studious. And but she's really, really interested in these wolves. And like, yeah, when she when she meets Sam as a person, and I mean he's bleeding out on her porch, she takes him to the hospital, they get so he gets sewed up, he heals really fast because he's a werewolf. They just kind of progress from there. And at some point she's like, Oh, I feel guilty that my feelings for my wolf are being replaced or and outshone by my feelings for Sam. But then I remember that Sam is my wolf, so it's fine. And that she feels giddy and happy about that. Which does imply that the feelings she had for this wolf are comparable to the feelings she's having for her first boyfriend. That's... I actually don't think I have words for that. Okay. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable and I don't like it very much. As the book goes on, another thing which is like slow burn revealed and like Grace has these enhanced senses, but she doesn't use them very much. Uh, she doesn't acknowledge them. Sam kind of pushes her to like, like he, at one point he takes her on a date to like a sweet shop and like, he's like, just close your eyes and smell. And she can smell like chocolate and she can smell sugar. And she's like, that's what a normal girl would smell. But then like she pushes herself a little bit and she can smell everything in that fucking building. Okay. Like I said earlier, the wolves have this communication system where they can send pictures to each other. And... Mm-hmm. She has had this consistent dream throughout her life of a certain woodland um, that she's never seen in person. And it's yellow and it's peaceful and it's nice. And we find out that that was an image that Sam was projecting at her as a wolf right after she got bitten because he was concerned. Sam was also a child at this time, actually. It's probably worth noting. Sam's like a year older than Grace. He was turned into a werewolf when he was eight. So he was projecting this image at her because he was like, this kid just got bitten. She's going to turn into a wolf. She's going to be confused and scared. She needs to know where to find us. So he was projecting this psychic image at her and she managed to pick it up. But she, but wait, so she, werewolves get made when they get bitten. Grace was attacked and bitten, but never turned into a werewolf. So she's magic in this magic world. The werewolves I've described is very scientifically. Like, they're never described as, like, magical. At one point, they have a conversation about it. And Sam's like, no, this is an illness. It gets worse when it's cold. And Grace is like, because Grace is very practical. I have not gone into this yet, but I absolutely adore this about her. She's the most pragmatic, sensible, boring YA protagonist you could ever imagine. She just approaches every new situation of turmoil with, like, okay, what's the problem? Cool, we're going to solve it. So Hermione Granger. Very Hermione Granger, less dramatic than Hermione Granger. She's just sensible all the time. So Sam's like, it's a science thing. It's a medical condition. It gets worse when it's cold. I I deal with it. I live with it. And Grace is like, okay, so if it's science, we can cure it. So once they realize that it is not magic, that this is just a science thing that's happening somehow through magical science, um, They're going to have a scientific reason for why Grace didn't change and why everyone else who was bitten by these wolves changed. So they trace back over her experiences that year when she was a small child. And at this point, it's worth introducing that Jack isn't dead. Um, 
Jack, who was killed at the beginning of the book, which pissed everyone off, and then his body was mysteriously stolen from the morgue. He was bitten by the werewolves when he attacked them, and then they attacked him in turn. He was injured badly enough to be declared dead, but then he woke up. But he has since turned into a werewolf? He woke up and he left the morgue. And because he is a new wolf, he is really unstable. He's turning back and forth, kind of chaotically and he was a really angry dude and at one point Jack's sister is talking to Sam and she's like I like you turned my brother into a monster he's a wolf now um he was never like this before and Sam's like hey being a werewolf does not give you personality traits you didn't have before it turns you into an animal so it means you have less inhibitions but you are just the person you were before so and he has been talking to Olivia, Grace's friend Olivia, from the earlier when I was telling you about the photographer. The photographer. She's been taking pictures of the wolves. Early on in the book, when Grace is like obsessed with the wolves, she gets a little bit annoyed with her and she's kind of snarky. And she's like, Grace, can you stop being so defensive? Like, a real person has actually died. Your weird childish obsession is, it's wearing a bit thin. And Grace is so upset by this that she kind of stops talking to her for a while. And this is when Grace meets Sam and they realize that she finds out about werewolves and they begin their relationship and they are navigating all of the stressful things they have to navigate. So for most of the book, Olivia's acting weirdly and Grace doesn't notice. But towards the end, we find out that Jack is alive Jack turned from a wolf into a human in front of Olivia when Olivia was taking pictures of the wolves. And Olivia now knows there's werewolves. She tried to approach Grace about them at one point, but Grace was so annoyed at her that she kind of... Blanked her. She's actually so busy with her werewolf boyfriend that she doesn't really notice that her friend is being really is really stressed out and upset. So we find out that Jack has been, you know, it's kind of implied that he's an abusive person um it's not implied that he's an abusive person it's explicitly stated that he slapped someone across the face at one point um but like when grace starts talking to olivia again she's like oh how can you stand to be around jack he's so annoying and olivia's like oh i don't know he's kind of nice when he's getting his way oh that's gross um (laughs) which is how abusive boyfriends are (laughs) um so he's been pressuring her to like help him And she kind of offhand when they're brainstorming is like, yeah, Grace got attacked by the wolves and she never turned into a wolf. And Jack is like, okay, so Grace knows, Grace knows the cure. There's a magical cure. And so he bites Olivia as a human so that she will now be a werewolf and Grace has an incentive to help him. Does that work? Do you have to be in wolf form in order to turn someone or can you do it as a, as a human? You can do it as a human. Oh, bad. Yeah, it's a saliva or bloodborne illness. Yeah, so yeah, Jack is this Jack is terribly mercenary in this way. Now there's extra pressure on to find a cure because this is Sam's last year as a person. Sam changed from wolf to human in September because he was shot. He was shot, his body went into shock, there was an adrenaline rush, he turned into a human. So you can turn through sheer force of will, but that's so rare. And it's so they're looking over when Grace was attacked. What happened right after? She had a really, really bad flu. 
she had a really bad flu and Sam's like yeah you get sick after you get bitten that was probably like the the virus or whatever it is like working through your system you get sick but she got really sick so they think that she had like something else at the same time and then her father forgot her in a car and it was like the hottest April day on record and she was left in the back of his car for like eight hours because she was sick and delirious and he forgot that she was in there so did she sweat the werewolf eggs yeah she should have died of heat stroke okay she should have died she had a fever and she was in this locked car for hours and her parents forgot and i we are hitting on 40 minutes and i haven't even gotten to familial relationships in this the way maggie stevewater includes familial relationships as a factor in all of her YA work is really really interesting and i love it grace and isabel who is jack's sister and beck who is sam's father figure decide that they're going to they're going to try find a cure for their werewolves and Isabel's mother who is stinking filthy rich again just to remind you volunteers occasionally at the health clinic in town and one time a dude came in with meningitis and he had a fever of 107 Fahrenheit whatever that is and it's a lot he came in with a really really high fever like record-breaking and Grace is like Okay, cool. So, like, maybe if we give them meningitis, that will work. What happened to this dude who had meningitis? And Isabel's like, he died. <laughs> um, but they're like, okay, so we'll give these people meningitis to maybe cure being a wolf. And at this point, they're like, there is a sense of impending doom hanging over this entire novel because it's Sam's last year as a human. As I said, he only changed in September this year, and it was only because he got shot. He mightn't have turned human ever again if it hadn't been for that bullet. He's so like he's just met Grace as a person and they're like falling in love very quickly where they're like we're, we've basically been married for 15 years is their vibe. They're just they're very different people, but they're very stable and lovely and kind to each other. And they just they're like, this is such a beautiful thing. We don't want to lose this. Sam doesn't want to be a wolf. He would rather die via meningitis yes that's the great thing we get kind of his consent that he would he would risk death (laughs) to avoid being a wolf again which is great because whilst they're like driving from jack's house to beck's house beck being again sam's foster dad slash father figure slash the leader of the pack when they're in human form they hit a deer um (laughs) Because Grace is driving and Grace is very sensible and she'd never look away from the road when she's driving. But like Sam is playing with the hair at the nape of her neck and they're talking about this important thing. And she just gets distracted for a second and she hits a deer. Of course. And the windshield cracks and it's like zero degrees out there. And by the time the emergency services arrive, Sam is gone. Because he has become a wolf again. Yeah. yeah, and he has fled into the forest because he's a wolf. He's a normal wolf. He does not. He does not want to stay near her because he's a wolf. Yeah, and for all her fantasies, that does love doesn't mean much when one of you is a wild animal. So then Grace has to deal with 
And Grace hasn't missed any school. I want to just point this out. It has been September through Christmas of like, I am falling in love with this dude who also I kind of have been in love with for eight years, but I didn't realize that was happening because we had a psychic connection. He was an animal at the time. And she's like, okay, so this boy is going to die at any time. He could turn into a wolf and not turn back at any time. And there's all this horror and there's all this dread and there's like this other stuff I haven't even gotten into. Like one of the other wolves hates her and wants to kill her because she had a crush on Sam. And like, there's so much happening, but Grace hasn't missed school. She sits down and she does her homework every evening while Sam is sitting there like playing guitar or something (laughs) because he is an indie boy and she is sensible. Now Sam is a wolf again, and she has to cope with everything on her own. So she has to talk to Beck. And she finds out from Beck, who he raised Sam. Like, Sam was attacked in a fluke way while he was getting off his school bus when he was, like, eight years old. And, like, afterwards, people saw wolves, like, running through the suburban gardens because this was so far from the forests and like it's so weird that this happened and when Sam started turning into a werewolf his very fundamentalist Christian parents tried to kill him because they thought he was they thought he was possessed by a demon so Maggie Stiebotter handles trauma really well like Sam has a pathological fear of bathtubs because of because his parents like held him in a bath and tried to kill him with knives and he has scars all up his arms for this because he was a werewolf and he healed too quick and they couldn't kill him this way, but they tried really hard. Oh, poor baby. So after this horrible, horrible traumatic incident, he is fostered by Beck. Beck, who is the leader of the wolves when they're in human form, and Paul, who is the leader of the wolves when they're in wolf form. Um, kind so of come Beck- and get him. Wait, so Beck is is not a werewolf. He's just werewolf adjacent. Beck is a werewolf. Then how does he stay a human? When? All the time. He doesn't stay human all the time. Beck stays human in the summertime. And he is a wolf in winter. And he gets, he's had 20 years of this. So we're not really sure of the entire range. But it seems like Beck is towards the luckier people as having 20 years of changing back and forth and he was yeah he was a successful lawyer who's already quite wealthy um but and so he's able to like continue his practice in summertime in this like small town and everyone just thinks Beck is this slightly eccentric lawyer who like goes on holiday all winter and Beck doesn't mind being a werewolf his attitude to it is like Some people just really enjoy the summer and some people just really enjoy the winter. And I enjoy them both in different ways. Like he was out hiking when he got bitten by a wolf in Canada and he came down to where to Mercy Falls because he heard that there was wolves there. So most of the people in the pack are more like that. They're outdoorsy. They're hiking people. They got bitten by wolves by accident doing the kind of thing they love and they don't particular like seems like a lot of them are kind of cool with some of it because you know they like the forests anyway Beck anyway loves 
being a wolf loves leaving behind his complicated wordy life for a few months and like has accepted the fact that he's going to die eventually from it like his wife died of cancer and he like has gone through the chronic illness thing so he's he's okay he's chill with it but we find out that how Sam got turned into a werewolf is right after Beck's wife died he was like out on a shopping trip to the nearby city where Sam lived and he saw this child who had eyes like a wolf and he got really sad because he was like oh me and my wife really wanted to have kids we couldn't because she was so sick maybe I could be a father to this child it's like a sign that his eyes are like a wolf's already maybe he'd be like a really good fit for our lifestyle oh bad and so yeah so he and Paul attack Sam and I don't know what their plan was but what they end up doing is fishing him out of social care because his parents try to kill him that is that is really not how the system works yeah it's really not how the system works I don't know what Beck's like initial extraction plan was this all comes out to grace after after Sam has turned into a wolf again and she's kind of having to deal with it alone Beck kind of saw Sam as being like the future of the pack because he had all the best parts of Beck um, as a human Sam is both like Paul and like Beck so he's kind of been groomed as their like natural successor to the pack but then because he's only gotten so few years that's not going to work and also because he he really hates being a wolf he's a wordy little indie boy and he doesn't want to lose his words and not being able to process things in a human way is as bad as death for him so Beck feels really really bad and guilty about doing this he didn't tell Sam about it. It's a thing that Sam only kind of realizes when Grace is asking questions about it. Like he was so torn up by the trauma of his parents trying to murder him that he doesn't really question how this perfect, wonderful father figure ends up in his life taking perfect care of him right after. But earlier in the book, one time after Sam drops Grace to school, because Grace is still going to school every day. He decides to drive out to Beck's old place and he's like, it's late September at this point. No one's going to be around. Beck is definitely in the woods. I miss this whole summer. I have no idea what's happening. But he goes and like, there's milk in the fridge that's only a week out of date. And like the heating has been on recently and like he smells familiar and unfamiliar smells around. And he's like, okay, so I've definitely missed something. There's someone human around here nowish and he goes up to their house again a few weeks later and he finds Beck there with a truck full of bloody dead and dying teenagers what yeah what? Beck has like yeah a truck full I think maybe three or four teens who are like changing back and forth into humans and wolves and like covered in blood and one looks at Sam and is like help me what is happening okay Sam is horrified he stops talking to Beck in a similar ish way to how Grace stops talking in Olivia it's like if you guys had been talking a lot of this plot stuff would have figured itself out a lot sooner so and this also happens like before the car crash 
this is before the car crash and he doesn't tell he doesn't tell grace about it initially and grace keeps saying things like oh wow i'd love to meet Beth." like you tell all these lovely stories about him it seems like you had a nice childhood like grace's parents are like college kids the reason grace is so sensible is because they are not parenting her again it's like grace doesn't really acknowledge how messed up her family situation is until she com- contrasts it with Sam's and Sam starts probing her about it. If I had to describe Grace's parents, they have the dynamic of like a manic pixie dream girl and like the dude who has been manic pixie dream girled. They're neglectful in kind of an interesting way where Grace is so sensible. She's the adult here. And she like breaks down crying and she's like, I almost died twice in the one year. They don't pay attention to me ever. Yeah, Grace's family isn't ideal, but uh, at least they don't try to murder any teenagers. That that is that is a benefit. And they seem to be the only parents not trying to kill some kind of a creature. Oh wait, well Grace's dad did actually go out hunting the wolves. <laughs> And Grace does hate her father for this for like a hot second where um, he's like, you know, I just, I think it's reasonable. You know, we're trying to keep our community safe. And she's like, I was attacked by these exact same wolves less than 10 years ago. Why now? Why do you care about Jack getting attacked so much? Also, they're the wolves. The wolves did nothing wrong. The wolves are nice. I'm dating one, but you don't know that. So, again... I'm going about this very out of sequence because it is that kind of book. So having had all these revelations about Beth, Sam is in the car crash. In the last seconds he has as a human, he gets Grace to call Beck and he's like, Beck, I'm so sorry. I'm never going to get to speak to you again. I just want you to know that like you are a good parent to me and like I love you no matter what. And Beck is like, like, I made such a horrible mistake with you. I'm so sorry I did this to you against your will. I'm the worst. I feel guilty about it every day. And then Sam turns into a werewolf. Oh my god. But at least they got that communication. But we know that Beck is not great, but not an irredeemable monster right now in the present tense. So when Isabel gets her meningitis cure, she goes... Hey, listeners, don't go getting bacterial meningitis on purpose. Yeah, it can kill you. Get your get your vaccinations. <laughs> don't do what they do here, which is uh, inject a syringe from, of blood from a person who has bacterial meningitis without even, like, checking blood types or anything. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So Isabel gets three syringes of meningitis blood, one for Jack. One for Olivia and one for Sam. Beck is still human now because he's kind of keeping an eye on his, he was keeping an eye on his baby werewolves, um, but they're kind of, they're, they've turned into wolves now for winter. Now he has to keep an eye on Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelby, I did not even get into. She becomes, spoiler alert, There's this is a trilogy and Shelby gets more significant as a villain later on, but she she's probably the one who bit Jack, but we're not sure. and. She really wanted to get with Sam because she liked the idea of being alpha female. They're not at all well matched in personality at all. But Grace goes to Beck and is like, 
we've got a possible cure for being a werewolf. Would you like it? And Beck's like, no, I like how I am. But I do feel so horribly guilty about Sam. So we could maybe try get Sam out of the woods, even though he is a wolf. And like, maybe the warmth of the clinic when you bring him in might turn him back into a human. And like, you can administer the meningitis and like, maybe that would work. And Grace is like, perfect, that will work. And everyone around her is kind of like, Grace needs this. This was Beck's last summer. He knows on a certain level that the next time he turns into a wolf, he's not going to turn back into a human. He's walking around with like 12 jumpers on him and like blasting the heat in his house. But when Grace comes to him with this plan that might save Sam, he gets some burger meat. He puts some like sedatives in it and he goes out into the back garden and he calls for Sam. He doesn't use wolf speak or anything. He's just like, Sam, come here. And he's, he yells for like 20 minutes. And Sam comes out of the woods. And he's enough of a person to have recognized Beck calling his name. But he's enough of a wolf that like closest he comes is to eat this burger that they like threw on the ground. And Beck turns into a wolf. He shimmies out of his 12 jumpers and he scampers <laughs> off into the woods. And... Sam is an unconscious wolf, which they have to transport to the clinic. And Olivia and Jack are both really unstable and shaking back and forth. And Isabel, like, you know, Taylor Swift in blank space? That's Isabel. Okay. She's beautiful. I love her. She's a heartless monster. Jack eats her dog. Oh, no. She has a little yappy chihuahua who she carries around with her. And Grace is like, I don't know what it is with Isabel. I think she doesn't realize that she's in rural Minnesota. And her dog gets eaten? Yeah, by her brother. And this is part, this kind of highlights how she just hopes that Jack has become a monster because he's been bitten. Whereas the narrative really supports the idea that he's always been a monster and she just doesn't want to, well, like she's aware of it, but she doesn't necessarily want people to know. Okay. Like, she's had to live with him. He, like, slaps her at one point. But she's a good person, and I like her. And she's here trying to save his life, even though he's horrible to her. And so they inject Jack with a vial of meningitis. And Sam is still a wolf. And Grace, like, on the floor of this clinic where they all kind of acknowledge that, like, it was a desperate hope, but, like, you definitely can't cure someone of being a wolf whilst they're a wolf, so they want him to change back into a human, and they know it's not going to work, but Grace, like, sits down on the floor with him, and she, like, psychic projects memories of them being in love, and Sam being a person, and all of the things that are important to him, and all of the important things he can have, and all of the years of happiness they can have together if he can just turn human for 30 seconds so they can inject this vial into him. And he does. Love and magic and psychic connection. He turns into a human for literally like 10 seconds, enough for Isabel to like inject half of a syringe into a vein in his arm. And then he turns back into a wolf. Then Olivia has an outburst where she's like, wait, no. I don't hate the idea of being a wolf enough that I'm going to risk dying of bacterial meningitis to do it. I'm just, I'm just going to go. And she like leaps into the night and turns into a wolf. And she's like, 
I, Grace, I already gave you a letter to give to my parents. Tell them that, like, I've run away, which they're not going to believe, but at least they won't, like... Be looking for her so much? Yeah, so she's, like, gonna come back. Um, so the wolf pack got its new generation anyway, through non-consensual means, but it's fine. And Sam, in that chaos, gets lost. Uh, they're in a clinic, they leave the door open, he's half drugs, he's a wolf again, the drugs are wearing off, and as a wolf, his wolf instincts are like, I'm going to leave this bright, bright loud place with yelling humans and sharp things, and he disappears into the night. With meningitis. With meningitis and as a wolf. Cool. So we just get Grace and Isabel, our friends now. Grace finally talks to her other friend, Rachel, who we... Rachel is also a manic pixie dream girl. Like, she's she's described as always wearing rainbow stripy everything. And, like, yeah, she's kooky and cute. And he and Grace are hanging out again. And Isabel is also friends with them. And Grace is just here living in the futile hope that maybe, maybe Sam isn't dead of meningitis. Maybe even if he's stuck as a wolf forever, she will get to see him. But she doesn't see him. For a long, long time. Until, in a way that gives you very little closure, at the very end of the book, Grace is like going outside to fill up the bird feeder and it's minus nine degrees and we get like, from Sam's point of view, I watched her. I was a ghost in the woods. Silent, still, cold. I was the winter embodied. So a lot of this shit, where it's like entirely vague, deliberately so, what form he's in, kind of implying that he's a wolf. And then at the very end, he walks out of the woods. As a human? And he has hands as a human. It's from Sam's point of view. And he's like, she could have looked at the tiny miracles in front of her. My feet, my hands, my fingers, the shape of my shoulders beneath my jacket, my human body. But she stared at my eyes and the wind whipped again through the trees. But it had no force, no power over me. The cold bit at my fingers, but they stayed fingers. And I kind of want to point out at this point, that reading implies that this is a very poorly written book. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a good book. I think the writing gets a little bit weak towards the end because she's trying to do this big reveal thing and you kind of get no closure. But there's two more books in order to get like closure. Oh, yeah. There's two more books after this one. There's Linger and there's Forever. And then there is also a companion novel which focuses on Isabel and her love interest. And they're in LA. I would say I enjoyed this read, but I enjoyed it a lot more when I was 16 and first read it. So it might be that it doesn't hold up to rereading as well. Or it could be just that it's quite long. It's 300 pages, isn't it? My copy is... 434 pages. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a lot longer than I thought this book was. Yeah, it's quite long and it's quite lingering and it is very slow burn. And I do really appreciate how they do romance in this book where the drama is we have found each other, we love each other, and now there's various forces trying to, like, what are these challenges that we have to tackle together? And that's really nice to read. And all of the scenes when Grace and Sam are like being cute are lovely because it's like they're very different people. They communicate in very different ways and they have different needs, but they 
understand that and try to meet the other person where they're at. They are just very kind. It's not dark and dramatic and bloody. It's just they go to a bookshop and Sam reads Grace some poetry and Grace is like, I don't understand poetry. Why can't you just tell me what you mean? Like they're good and stable and nice. I'd say one of the biggest weaknesses of this book writing wise is that despite being a first person narration with these characters who are described as being so different, they don't narrate differently. The story would not be changed hugely by being like a third person omniscient narrator. You don't really feel the difference between Sam and Grace when they are talking to you, which should be weird because, you know, Sam is acknowledging his werewolf senses from the beginning. You should get. But she also has that amazing superhuman smell and sound. So he does. But like she seems to consciously suppress it. And you get a little bit like as the book progresses, like at one, like when Sam is gone and he's a wolf and she's really grieving him. Like she's hanging out at Beck's house and she like always chooses to sit in one chair because like although she can smell lots of different people on it, she can smell Sam the most. Okay. So like at that point you get it a bit, but like not a huge amount. And actually, I think I have not. I don't think I've mentioned it so far. Sam's narration is just interspersed with indie lyrics. He will be sitting in the car waiting for Grace to come out of school or something. And like, as he's just thinking to himself, like a lyric will pop into his head and you get a little dumb verse. But other than that, you don't get much evidence of them being two very different people who see the world very differently in the narration. And I would say that's the biggest weakness of it as a book. The things people are critiquing it on, where it's slow, where it's relationship driven, and it isn't dramatic. That's the kind of book it is, and you just kind of have to accept that. And if you don't like that kind of book, you're not going to like this one. Yeah. So that was Shiver. Cool. So I think it's part of a series. Yeah. So are the other books, you've read all of them, haven't Uh you? I have. And I know you didn't read the other ones recently, but. Do do the questions that go unanswered in this book kind of get a resolution or are we left hanging for the whole series? Do they find love in human form? What do you mean? Like, so their whole thing is that they're in love, but he's a wolf and she's a person who's immune to werewolfism. Yeah. So at the end of it, are they like, we're two teenagers who are in love and we're going to be in love forever? Or are they like we're two teenagers and we can't love each other because he's a werewolf wolf and I'm a human being. Are you forgetting that at the end of the book, Sam turns back into a human person? I assume that that's not going to last. It does. That lasts? Yeah, and they introduce a boy genius character who's very, very smart and he figures out the actual science behind the werewolfism and like, spoilers here, guys. It's adrenaline-based. Grace ends up getting really sick in the later books and they try to figure out what it is and it's the fact that she is a werewolf but she isn't changing and it's important for them to change to stay healthy effectively. Mm-hmm. And Cole, this mega genius boy, finds out like a way that you can like kind of spontaneously trigger a change using chemicals okay. and adrenaline and then like change back at will. 
so that they get to like manage their condition that way. So they become werewolves in the more like shapeshifter tra- tradition. Yeah, in a shapeshifter way, but you need a syringe to shapeshift. Okay. And then it's used as an allegory for addiction. Oh, because they become addicted to shapeshifting? Because Cole is. Because Cole's a washed up rock star. I would recommend reading the rest of this series pretty much exclusively for Cole St. Clair and his romance with Isabel because it's beautiful. Cool. And is there like a love triangle in the series at all? Not that I remember. Um, In this book a bit, there's like Shelby is into Sam, but Sam is very much only into Grace and also Shelby's desire to be with Sam is more about the status she thinks she will achieve if she's with him and I don't remember there being anything more love triangly than that happening fair enough I think that that covers my my further questions I now know what shiver is about it's about being cold (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that was shiver by Maggie Steve Otter if you have any comments you'd like to share with us about this book or to recommend us other books to cover, you can find us on Twitter at ForeverYAPod. So next week I will be reading We Are Okay by Nina LaCour. We are forever young adults. Uh, stay young adults forever. What was the catchphrase I used? Uh, it was like stay young or something. Stay young, stay happy. Drink water. Uh, the circadian rhythms are real. <laughs> Try to get a good eight hours sleep every night. Goodbye. A good podcast where we review books. Here is your wild librarian. Leave us where are the lesbians. They're here to answer all of your questions because they're forever young adults. No cursing in the outro. Cock isn't a swear word.